what is exactly American food anyway? You know, it's all melted and you know, kind of <laughs> mixing it. So I don't. There isn't really. Oh, oh my God! I love fried chicken. Fried chicken is my favorite. I I think I told one of the reporters and said that uh, if I didn't open Lebao, I probably open uh, fried chicken place here. Swear. If you've ever been to Gina Yu's Asian Bistro, you might recognize that voice. It's Gina Yu. She owns two local Asian restaurants, Gina Yu's, which opened in 2007, and Labao, which opened in 2018. The self-taught chef had no background in cooking or business when she decided to open her first restaurant. Actually, from childhood, Yu trained in piano starting in Daegu, South Korea, and she went to the University of Indiana to study the organ. Despite her talent in music, she made her way into the restaurant business. If there's such a thing as Como Famous, Gina Yu is. She's been recognized not only for her high-quality dishes, but for her unique ability to blend Asian and American cultures. I'm your host, Gaby Morera de Nuila, and here's our reporter, Chloe Ka, in conversation with Gina Yu. Welcome to Vox Voice. So I heard before like you started your cooking career, you have an extensive background in piano and mm-hmm. organ. Like, yeah. How did that come to be? It was my mom's passion, actually, like being a pianist. And and so, uh, I mean, if you stop any Koreans and, or Asian, <laughs> that matter, you yeah. know, um, ask him about, like, hey, have you had a lesson, violin, or mu- any musical? Like, And they'll probably, 8 out of 10, will tell you mm-hmm. probably yes. So most of them like not making it, but um, I did as my career. So I started piano when I was six, and then on and on and on till I went to college with it. And then I really want didn't want. I started realizing I didn't want to play piano anymore. But it was kind of too late because I never done anything else. Mm-hmm. So and then I I really didn't know what I wanted, and but I one thing that I wanted was wanted to come to uh, America. And I have a kind of sort of like American dream. And that was, I went to college in 88 to 90, 1992. And then I came to United States 93 to 95 to study uh, uh, organ. It's church music and pipe organ major in Indiana University, Bloomington. And so when I was there, and I still feel like this is not something that I wanted to do. I just kept thinking about it. And then I got married, and then my my ex-husband actually is went to uh, school here. So I got married and ha- raised the two kids and then started thinking, okay, I want to have a, my own career other than playing piano. My mom, actually, when I told her, you know, I'm not doing music anymore, she was very, very, very disappointed. And it's just think about all the money that she spent. I used to fly somewhere to uh, get a lesson every week. So that was pretty big deal that I, I'm dropping the bomb on her. And she didn't speak to me for a couple months oh, no. <laughs> because she was so mad and then disappointed. And then so I think one year after I opened the restaurant, I invited my whole family my mom and dad, my grandma, a few aunts, 
and came and I had a really uh, reception for them. And um, my my chef actually cooked and I was part of it and to show them you know, how well I'm doing. And then she was happy that I was doing well, but at the same time, she was still sorry that I'm not playing piano. So. Do you think like your musical training tied into your cooking style? Yeah, absolutely. My, without that music education, I don't think this is even possible. So it's kind of similar to like cre- it's a creating harmony. Mm-hmm. I'm creating harmony with the music, and I'm creating harmony with food ingredients. It's totally two different objects, but it's, it's kind of similar. I'm a, such a visual person. And all the taste, peppers and paprikas, and those are like almost uh, shaped to me. So I'm almost doing a puzzle with it and I'm finding right piece for certain ingredients. I don't know if that makes <laughs> even making sense or not. That's so. like an interesting way of seeing it. Mm-hmm. So like you said, like your musical like training uh, ties into your mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. cooking career, mm-hmm. but also like. Um, you have inspiration from your hometown. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, it's more like my grandma. She, mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's still alive, and she, she's 95. She's living and kicking, and, you know, she's doing great. But um, I think my mom had a beauty salon for a really long time, and then when I was growing up, she was working all the time. And so basically, she's my, my, I'm, I'm the firstborn of firstborn. So my grandma was most likely my mom, like she raised me. And I spent most of the time at my grandma's house rather than my, my home. And and all the events and school events and all that stuff, my grandma was always there. And she, she always, I don't know, like whenever I, like we fail once in a while, right? And then and she always tell me, you're like a roly-poly doll. You push, you fail, mm. you just get up and do it again, all over again. You know, those kind of things. And then she always tell me to be a river, not pond. Like you're not sitting one spot and holding that water the whole time. You're a river and you're moving along. And then there is a goal, which is ocean. And then sometimes your path is so tight and sometimes you're so relaxed because your path is so wide and but you're moving along fast or slow doesn't matter you're going somewhere mm-hmm. so do you still ever play then like from time to uh time? yeah when i'm really really stressed out mm-hmm. first thing i do is i drop the phone it's the most stressful thing you, know, you can a- actually have but it's very useful but actually very stressful and i drop the phone and go to go to my room and play so actually i did um recital 3 years ago with the odyssey chamber and um yeah it was ensemble but um i did it like few solo so it was fun it was crazy though you know last i i remember last time i played piano actually had a recital sort of is about 20 years before so that was a pretty challenging because I haven't touched the piano for a really long time since I started started the business and I I didn't touch the piano like a really long time and then you know having a re- uh, recital was pretty stressful <laughs> but I did it yeah it's it impressive was- though you still like remember like 
I know. So everybody's like, oh, it's a, we're, we're like a riding a bicycle. No, it's not. Well, one thing, I don't know how to ride a bicycle, first of all. And second of all, I, it's not like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Because like, you know how, I, how I'm, I used to be so good. And then now like, it's, my muscle memory is not really that great. And, you know, it's a part of getting old, too. So. You were saying before you first came to the United States um, through a study program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, is that the first time you were exposed to American cuisine? The first thing that I exposed, like, I loved was, it's so funny that as I'm saying it right now, but I actually looking for it when I came back to the United States to, um, to study abroad in Indiana. I was looking for it because I was missing it so much. Do you know what it is? Tuna melt. Tuna melt. Tuna melt by uh, Little Caesars. <laughs> little Caesars, specifically. I, I don't even eat Little Caesars anymore. <laughs> just, they're really bad. But anyway, uh, so it was a Little Caesars tuna melt. Oh, my God. I love this so much. I literally ate it, like, every day. And then and then I I remember like, it was Meyer's grocery store. I go there, and I... I took bus to uh, Myers and then got Thousand Island dressing and curly flour. I never mm -hmm. seen curly flour before. And uh, I love this. So those are the two. I mean, I, I ate that one as a breakfast every day. Breakfast. Uh -huh. wow. <laughs> curly flour with the Thousand Island dressing. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So those are things, a few things that I all, almost always have it. And I remember there is a uh, mozzarella cheese, tuna melt. I mean, it's just a mayo and onion in it, red onion. I remember there's a red onion mm -hmm. in the pocket. It's warm and, and it's cheesy. I mean, there's you can't go wrong with that. I created myself now. I don't go to Little Caesars anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that they have it. I, I literally looking for it. It was so funny. So they don't have it now? Mm -mm. They, mm -hmm. they Now they're, they're more like, they're more like, um, uh, pizza place yeah. so they used to have uh pizza hut has a breast stick with a dipping sauce and it was you know like uh what is it a uh, student un student union you know so they have mm -hmm. like cafeterias mm -hmm. and stuff yeah. like that and i remember burger king there i didn't really like the burger king but i love the tuna melts so what would you say now like would be your favorite american food? uh american what is exactly American food anyway? You know, it's all melted and, you know, kind of <laughs> mixing it. So, um, I don't know. I don't, there isn't really, oh, oh my God. I love fried chicken. Fried, fried chicken, chicken is my favorite. I, I think I told one of the reporters and said that uh, if I didn't open Lebao, I'd probably open a uh, fried chicken place here. Mm -hmm. I swear. Yeah, it's like very popular oh, now. Like I, I love it. In, I like, love fried mm -hmm. chicken. Yeah. So like, I heard you have like pretty personal relationships with your customers. Mm -hmm. Like, how important like is that to you um, and your business? I don't have a close family in here town, and um, so I think that that was very important for me that having that closer relationship with somebody and. So my my customers, I mean, not, it's not all of them. Like closer to my regular customers who comes, I have a, a customers who comes in every week. Uh, if it is not there once a week, he's there. Uh, I, if it is not there like five times a week, 
is there one at least once a week and and then when they go through some difficult times health wise or something like that and i make their chicken soup and you know special soup and mm-hmm. those are like really it means so so much to me it's not about you know i want to make more money because they're they're thinking that i'm doing a good job or it's just this almost taking care of your own family um you've talked before about a principle called omakase omakase yeah like what is that omakase is so basically i am doing omakase every day so omakase is something that i so chef chef's table so I'm cooking whatever, and then I just, it's more like a bite size. And then so there's, there's like seven or eight people, or it doesn't really matter. It's like a certain number of people sitting on the table. It's a chef's table, and then whatever chef's choice they're making, and then they're, spo- they're feeding. They're, they don't have a choice. They're just feeding whatever the chef's is making. Okay, so like the menu is entirely up to you. Exactly. Is that what you mean? Yeah, so I have a lot of customers who doesn't know what's in the ma- my menu because I always create something for them. Mm-hmm. So, and then I mostly, for instance, I have a customer comes in and um, with the parties. Oh, so there's one time. Okay. It was a huge table, like about 20 or 24, something like that. And then it was a one little boy. I think he was like seven or eight or something. And then he was like literally turn around like tables and and he was really mad because there's nothing he get. It was part of like a you know a birthday party. There isn't isn't anything that he wanted to eat, and he was really mad. And so I w- went over there and omakase is not something that was a. I mean mostly like a very luxury and kind of expensive mm-hmm. and you know like because it's chef yeah. is good mm-hmm. work uh cooking expensive stuff for you this is from uh madagascar shrimp like you know <laughs> like a little bite and blah 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 but to me omakase is is a catered to one person right and uh for a specific reason and so i went there and asked him like why he's mad and what makes him happy and he said well there is no mozzarella sticks and and I go, actually, we do have a mozzarella cheese because, you know, we're, we're a restaurant that is, like, probably very, that our spices are, like, very different than any other Asian restaurant. So not only we have a soy sauce and sriracha and all that, and then now we have about basils and thymes and rosemary, fresh rosemary and things like this. So I have a pepper jack cheese and we have a cream, heavy cream, and we have all butter. I mean, butter is, like, pretty much everywhere. But <laughs> yeah. And Worcestershire sauce and, you know, all that, like, uh, uh, wine vinegar and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I cut mozzarella cheese, batter, batter, fresh batter, and then deep fry it, made it. And then he goes, no, ke- is there, no, you don't have ketchup? And I go, okay, I don't have ketchup, but let me see. So <laughs> went over there to my kitchen and I couldn't find any, uh, no, normally we have a tomato cans, but we couldn't find it. So... I had a fresh tomato. And you made it? Yeah, I made it. But it was warm. I couldn't make it, like, really cold enough. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I made it with a cornstarch. I mean, it's a, basically it's a tomato paste and tomato flavor with the sugar and vinegar and the cornstarch. That's what it is. So I made it. And parents are, like, amazed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, like, so definitely I didn't do it for money. You know, that's a four ninety five kids menu, <laughs> right? But 
that's my fun fun part. And then we have a gluten free menu, separate gluten free menu. Now it's gluten free is like so common. You know, like when you go to grocery store, you can find anywhere a whole section of gluten free. Most like when I started about uh, twelve years ago, back then, you know, gluten free is very rare, and so we come. People didn't even know what gluten free means, and they come in and I and and you know, so oh, we have a you know, sal- do you have a salad? And you're just like, yeah, we have. Do you have a salad dressing that's gluten free? Yes, we do, and then they go, oh, that's fine. Like, no, you're not fine. And, you know, you have so many options that you can go with. And why would you find with it when you're going out for a restaurant and you're eating? It's so, it's so, it's supposedly fun. I mean, if you were going to make a salad, then why don't you stay at home and eat? And so, but they're part of the group and they don't want to be a pain in the ass. So uh, they're saying, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll take the salad. It's like, no, let me, let me hear you. Like, let me, let me talk to you so that I can create something that what you look, look, you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Now we have like, or increase of number of gluten-free people coming to a restaurant is, I don't know, maybe 30 to 40% more than, yeah, it's crazy. And they all know that we have a gluten-free menu. Yeah, I like, feel like just like vegan or like mm-hmm. gluten-free, mm-hmm. like those kind of mm-hmm. trends. Like yeah, Asian, Asian food is gluten-free heaven. Mm-hmm. really is. I agree. Yeah, because we have so many different sauces and you can create something with it. I mean... The mostly the challenging um, allergy to me is soy. If you're soy and vegan, that's hard. That's really hard <laughs> in the Asian restaurant. But um, because you can't have a fish sauce, you can have soy sauce. You know, there's basically you left out with the salt and sesame oil, and then plus you're allergic to garlic. That's a p- pretty big trouble too. Yeah, so, like, if you're not in the kitchen mm-hmm. or, like, um, you know, talking to mm-hmm. your customers, mm-hmm. like, what's your favorite pastime? Mm, I work out. It's it's something that I need, every, not every day. I try to do at least uh, three times a week, but it's sometimes it's not possible because I'm physically very, very tired. I'm, I'm kind of super old, too, so... And uh, but I I work out with my trainer and I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Is it something to like release stress? Oh, or absolutely! Like... Yeah, mm-hmm. I think all the time. I analyze all the time. I tell people what to do all the time. Those are things that I don't like to do. But I <laughs> with a job and with a, my personality, I just do it just naturally do it all the time. And that's the one thing that I don't do. It's like so my trainer will tell you tell me what to do and what time I'm supposed to meet them and. You know, like so, and then he make it. So he's think he's the one who's thinking part. He's the one analyzing all my stuff, and mm-hmm. so I love it. Yeah, it's like the one time you don't have to mm-hmm. do those yeah. jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I love, I love, I still love cooking. It's kind of funny that I'm cooking all the time, but I'm cooking for my kids all the time. So my daughter is in St. Louis now. Like she, she got a job, and so I don't see her as much, but I bring my kids and her friends and like you know sometimes my co-workers bring them and make some food and Korean food what's like your to-go food to like make at home I love kimchi jjigae which is oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love it I love dakoki <laughs> and it's all Korean food it's like it makes me feel like it's a home you know mm-hmm. so I do that all the time 
do you have like um those like korean like food menu like in your restaurant no i don't do you ever think about like offering it uh korean menu korean food is a very hard to make mm. to make it right you can make it okay but in order to make it right it takes so much so that's why i'm not doing it it was just so much detail yeah yeah i just knowing what to do in order to make a really good food if i have to skip this step and you know not doing it right i just can't do it my personality just cannot allow it mm -hmm. i'm such a perfectionist it's some things not all the things like probably just the food i guess but yeah it's just like i feel like colombia like i know there are like quite a number of like koreans mm -hmm. like living here but like there's not really a lot of like food like yeah korean food scene like, there there isn't i mean korean food they're too small city actually too small mm -hmm. city to to have to have like a really good korean restaurant even in st louis i don't think there is enough people so i don't have i guess in my restaurant i don't know why we don't have many uh korean people are coming because we're, we're not exactly serving bibim we have a bibimbap but we have like it's a kind of funny story like having a problem with the bibimbap i almost thought about changing the menu so my theory on bibimbap is this uh bibimbap is mixed uh rice like mm -hmm. anything mixed rice is a bibimbap it's you know in korea there's uh, so many different families and generations and regions and there's so many different recipes there isn't any one type of bibimbap mm -hmm. okay my concept on food is very different than anybody else so it's a bibimbap okay broccoli bibimbap is like so so okay bibimbap is so good like mixed with it so protein mm -hmm. vegetable and uh carb so yeah. three things are everything right yeah. so now supposedly it's a white rice and now we're putting in a quinoa i do that mm -hmm. and i use a broccoli broccoli is a great um vegetable and bell peppers and any colored vegetables are really good crunchy i love it it doesn't really have to be the thing that we know we traditionally put it in uh, in korea and then i use that concept and then make it my own way and then there's a, some people having a problem with it well then it is what it is and it's my restaurant so i call it whatever i want right <laughs> yeah i mean it is your restaurant yeah <laughs> yeah so do you think like your taste is like you prefer it to be more like like what other people say not traditional like how would you how would you explain your taste your personal like taste? Yes, no, I, it's definitely not traditional. I am, I think I'm creating my own way. I, I'm not, I'm going to call myself as I'm a modernizer. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> You're just different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and then normally I have like uh, any Asian comes, comes in uh, restaurant is, uh, and then, asking for bibimbap i always want them first because i don't want them to have like a different expectations and then 
Don't think that it's the same same thing. It was just kind of a little different version. I don't might want to make them mad, like expecting like, oh, this is not traditional. But I love Korean food. Yeah, I always I, I make it all the time, and then I try to uh, ch- ch- uh, change it a little bit some some way that like cl- getting closer to American taste. Okay, um, I know you also um, do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a favorite city you always love? I love going New York back? City. New York is my favorite city. Um, I like food. I don't like pretentious food. What is pretentious um, food to you? Pretentious is just because it's a truffle. <laughs> okay, let's Everything say truffle. truffle yeah, nowadays. truffle. Put in a like it. If there's a certain things, then put in a truffle in it, and it t- tastes delicious. That's great. If it's not unnecessarily put it in, and just because it's fancy name, I don't like it. You know, been to like Vegas, Miami, Chicago. Chicago is a great city too, actually. And and then I love uh, Seattle. I love the Seattle. Not so much in Miami. Uh, so Las Vegas, they are very commercialized. So it's a tourist city. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't really had a really good experience with it. But um, I go to New York City because there's just thousands of uh, new restaurants and. Uh, and not only when I go to a, a research trip, not, I, I don't just go one place. I mean, one type. Like, uh, I, I don't just go to, like, sushi restaurant and, you know. And I normally go about uh, 17 to 18 places in a day. In a day? In a day, yeah. Do you try all? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, so I go to uh, order five, five, five food. So, one, I ask either server or a manager, and I, sometimes I reveal myself I own the restaurant or all that, but sometimes I just kind of just go with it. And if the the person who is serving is knowledgeable enough, then I ask him, what is your favorite? What is a people's favorite? And then what is people, I guess it's kind of the same thing. And uh, what's the most innovative things mm-hmm. they create, they make there? And then what is um, who you are? Talking about communities, you also like give lectures to mm-hmm. like uh, MU students mm-hmm. um, in both business mm-hmm. and hospitality uh-huh, programs uh-huh. and journalism. Uh-huh. Like, what kind of insight do you think you can offer young professionals? I think generation. I think overall, lately, um, people want to have something. Uh, unexpected you know like you have to work for it it's going extra miles for anything and not because there's a purpose to it but it's one like there isn't any goal it's my job to to so what says the for instance you're coming to my restaurant right Mm -hmm. and once you come you are my customer and my job is making you satisfied leaving the restaurant. Either you're full or really happy, either way. That was Gina Yu talking with our reporter, Chloe Ka. Thank you, Gina, for joining us. And that wraps this episode and season of Box Voice. Thank you for supporting our show and this new batch of interviews. Who do you want to hear next season on Box Voice? Email us your suggestions at box at missouri.edu. 
We'll be back next year, but in the meantime, keep up with us at VoxMagazine.com. If you don't want to miss a thing, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast service so future episodes will be in your feed when we return. If you like the season, we'd love if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Until 2020, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.